The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that when Anne Rice wrote Interview with a Vampire, it was actually going to be Interview with an Armadillo? But she changed her mind because everybody knows armadillos aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can get episodes a day early and check out our sweet merch, find us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leading memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading, rereading yep. Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering the prologue through chapter four of The Eye of the World again. We have decided to read this book again. As you, if you've looked at our podcast page, you'll see from our previous 200 episodes <laughs> that we've covered every, we've read all the books from. Book one to book fourteen and the the prequel, uh, and then we decided to do it again for reasons that I am here called upon to explain, but I don't quite understand myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I figure, you know, given the thematic cyclical nature of the books, this is a, a nice punctuation mark for the series. This will be our last uh, book for this series. We're yeah, going sure. To, yeah, wink. Um, <laughs> we, we probably will stop after this. But uh, but I, I also thought it would be interesting to come back to it because I remember the first time we read it, we did get some feedback that, uh, you know, we were, we were not giving characters a fair shake because we were reading them uh, not having a clear memory of the characters they become. And so it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to reapproach this first book with relatively fresh knowledge of the entirety of the series though it is worth noting that at this point we've been doing this series for five years now so it's actually been like five years since we read this book so (laughs) so uh you know we're we're coming in with lots of knowledge from the series but we haven't read this book in in years now so Mm -hmm. yeah and all that said this will constitute your one and only spoiler warning we're going to talk in a completely spoilerific way about everything that is going to happen in these books from here to the end. Yeah, so if you are uh, coming to this series uh, fresh, if you haven't joined us before, uh, go to the other, other uh, Dragon Reread uh, first book before you come to this one, because this one will contain spoilers. The, the other one should be safe. Yeah. Previously, Rand repaired the hole in reality, sealing the dark one away in a place between the threads of the pattern. But that big wheel keeps on turning, and some asshole in the Age of Legends punch a brand new hole in reality, re-unleashing the Dark One again. Uh, they fought some big magic sci-fi war over it, and Rand, reborn as Luce Theron the Dragon, uh, born, I guess? Because he's just, he's just the dragon, right? He's just, just the dragon. So he's the dragon born. Uh, <laughs> he carries out an ill-conceived plan to close the breach. It didn't go well. The seal was crap, and the male half of the power was poisoned. Male channelers broke the world, and the world's been limping along ever since, with Dark One just oozing his juice all over the place. <laughs> Until in the Third Age, a couple of dumb kids overhear a foretelling in the wrong place, in the wrong time kind of deal. One by one, the people who know about this foretelling uh, start dying. So it falls to a spoiled rich kid, a fisher girl from Tyr, and the suicidal king of a fallen kingdom to find the baby dragon before the shadow does and save the world. I guess it's lucky that the shadow is incompetent because it takes like 20 years to find the kid, which just, I guess, brings us here again. Yeah. All right. So starting with the prologue, Dragon Mount, Icon of the Wheel of Time. Uh, we are back in the Age of Legends, I guess at the very end of it. I actually somehow completely forgot this happened. You know, when I was doing my little, uh, my little like recap thing, I was yeah. like expecting to be picking up with Rand, but no. No, no. This, We're this, in the Age of Legends. Happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luz Theron Telamon is wandering around his sweet palace. 
which is all messed up because it's all crazy and the world is torn asunder uh, and he's mad. It's interesting, uh, you know, now that we know all of this stuff and we're coming back to it, it's interesting how many little references there are. Like they talk about um, he's, he's wearing the ice and ice symbol. They don't say that, but yeah. that's who's wearing around his neck. Um, they talk about the fact that they're called servants, which is, I think, what the Aes Sedai mean, yeah, right? They mean servants of all or something like that. Yeah, so they, they, they're, they're, they're called themselves servants. And he has a ring called the Ring of Tomerlin that is mysterious, but like that's clearly yeah. what became the, the name of the... Yeah, the Omerlin seat. Omerlin seat, yeah. And we have his very first insane laugh, which we hear lots of those later on. Yeah, that's, that's sort of his thing, and he gets right into it. Yeah, it's pretty great. And yeah. then Ishmael shows up, who I think, I think it doesn't actually name him in this chapter. No, they don't. Uh, they call him Elan Tenodrite, but it is, it's Ishmael. Yeah, yeah but so, so Ishmael is, of course, not his real name. Uh, his real name is Elan Morin Tenodrite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ishmael just showed up to talk trash about how, how awesome he won against Luz Theron. But Luz Theron's too crazy. Yeah, it's really frustrating for Ishmael. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to come like gloat and Luz Theron's too far He's gone. Like, He's oh, like, I guessed. You must stay for dinner. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know what was interesting too? They, uh, uh, Luz Theron asks him, do you have the capital V voice? Are you here for the capital S singing? Yeah, okay. Which what? made me think about like a... Uh, the OG or the or the travelers. Yeah, yeah the, the, so the Aiel, the original Aiel, used yeah. to sing. So I wonder if does that mean? Does that mean do you want to come sing to the crops with us? It's I like think that's what it is. Time or something. Interesting. Or, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because we had that that flashback uh, to the 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 Age of Legends, and we actually got to see that that ceremony. So I guess that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Also, he calls he calls Luz Theron Lord of the Morning, and I don't remember that popping up later. But Lord of the Morning is Lucifer. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, but I think that's what they call Rand. Uh, one of the names that they call Rand uh, Later as a on. dragon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ishmael uses the true power to heal uh, Luz Theron, and yeah. it is unpleasant. Yeah, Luz Theron's like, "Oh, this sucks. Reality's yeah. the worst. <laughs> this is awful." Yeah. Uh, so he pulls oh in egg, an Egwene and uh, disappears. Yeah, he he teleports mm-hmm. out, and then he makes the dragon mount. Yeah. Yeah, he, he rage quits yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, and he also, like, I didn't catch this, I didn't realize this the first time through, but he also makes the island that will become Tarvalon. Yeah, he made the whole thing. Yeah, he makes dragon mount, which is, this is awesome, right? He, make, he makes this huge burst of energy that just punches down to the Earth's core, and, like, all the magma boils up and creates a new mountain there, and that's dragon mount. Where there's you know, a lonely mountain, right? Where there's no mountains anywhere near it. Yeah. Did Egwene make a mountain or did she just make like a pillar of glass or something? She made like a crystal thing. Yeah, I remember oh. she used her, that new power that she discovered to, to mend the cracks. Oh, uh, oh the yeah, The anti-Balefire yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I did notice that Luz Theron says the War of the Shadow has only been going on for 10 years. I thought it was a lot longer than that. Yeah. I guess not. Well, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess... I'm trying to remember because there were there were so there, there were so many wars. Um, I, I think I think there that one did, but the breaking lasted much much longer. Yeah, the breaking took hundreds of years. Cause yeah, all the men would were went crazy. And this mm-hmm. is, I guess, where the breaking but starts. I, but I guess that's the time between them boring the hole in the Dark One's prison and this point when they tried to reseal it and all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Because I just thought there would be a lot more stuff that had happened in that time. Yeah. Uh, I liked how Ishmael is sort of ranting at him you know he's like 10 years uh, our war has gone on for all eternity and we'll go on for all eternity until we slay blah 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 and like this guy has always been tedious I know, right? <laughs> like this is this is you know 
it's good to see that his character did not shift over what three thousand years or five thousand years or however long <laughs> yeah, it's been. Yeah, like they, they call him the betrayer of hope now, but before the shadow, he he was like the waster of time, <laughs> <laughs> the roller of eyes, the betrayer of interest. Yeah, you know, like there's there's a reason that he ended up on the other side, right? Like nobody <laughs> wanted true. to hang out with him. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, Luz Theron has dragon-mounted himself, and Ishmael shows up to talk a little bit more trash and say some more prophetic stuff, uh, and then he vanishes, and the mountain is there, waiting for the future. Yeah. And we, we close with a little bit of dragon prophecy, you know, just uh, standard stuff. I, I never noticed this before, but these, there are two little bits of poetry there, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, prose, uh, free verse, whatever, uh, and one of them, I think, is about Luz Theron, and the other one is about Rand. Which was not immediately the first time, right? Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, like the second yeah. one where like everything, the world sucks everywhere, and you know the the moon became his blood or whatever, and then the dragon showed up and and destroyed everybody to save them. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I did not catch that. That's and not about Lucerne. That's about Rand. Oh, that's cool. So these are kind of like bookends, right? Yeah. And they're also both from the fourth age, right? Which yeah. is the next age after the age that happened, like because we're in the third age, right? Yeah. So this is like the history or a history epic or whatever that's so interesting yeah yeah cool and then we get some maps i love these maps and we get two maps this first map was very different than what we were used to is it yeah Yeah, the later ones they filled in a lot of stuff added more detail and stuff yeah oh good Uh, this one's more hand-drawn but uh i remember we looked up who did it they're great yeah they're fantastic and i actually i actually referred to the the second map the several times throughout this because they're describing like the layout of things, yeah, the, the map of and stuff like Emmett, that. Uh, to two rivers and Emmons Field and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, chapter one, an empty road, like kind of the wheel of time. Uh, we get that famous intro. I love it. I know, classic opening. I'm getting the, that feeling of nostalgia as I was reading this, actually. <laughs> right, yeah. It's hard to have nostalgia for something that you, you haven't been without for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, weirdly enough, just like the feeling of starting the series over just felt, it felt good. Yeah. And I noticed this time it's all about the wind, right? The, yeah. the wind arises and so and so and flies. This wind gets right down to it. I know. Right? The later winds are all like flying over, seeing what the Shanchan are up yeah. to, flying up to Arad Doman, see what that's up to. This wind is like, no, boom, I'm in the mist, now I'm at Rand. Yeah, it's like slaps Rand on the ass. It's like, <laughs> go get him, kid. <laughs> uh. So it's, it's good. So Rand and Tam and Bella are heading to Emmons Field through the, the Westwood. Uh, you mean Bella, Horse of Legend? Yeah. The, Bella the, and yeah. then a couple of other people. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they're delivering brandy and cider because uh, Tam has promised to do so. Uh, it's very cold. The winter should have broken uh, a while ago, but it hasn't. Yeah. Rand spies a black rider watching him in the forest. Did we ever figure out who the Black Rider was? This is a mirror draw. It's just a mirror draw. It's just a mirror draw, that's oh, all? Probably... Yeah, I think that like the mirror draw are in charge of groups of Trolloc, and I think there's like one group of Trollocs here. Okay. Yeah, a fist, I so think, the, right? So the mirror draw is their leader. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah. fist of Trollocs, yeah. Oh, they're going to get so fisted. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, Emmons, the entirety of Emmonsfield is going to get that fist. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, all... I don't know if we pointed this out before, but this is super Nazguli, right? Like, oh, really yeah. The Black yeah. Rider comes to the village. Wait, I don't understand. There's, I see no comparison between this and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> not, at, not in the slightest. I, I do appreciate. Yeah, I know. I know. We mentioned this the, the first time around, but on the cover it does says, sorry, on the cover it does say Jordan has come to dominate the world that Tolkien began to reveal, <laughs> as if to imply it's the same setting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a Mount Doom, whatever. I know. I, I think I read in an interview somewhere that Jordan said that he, he intentionally made the plot the same as Lord of the Rings to make it more uh, accessible to people. That, that makes sense. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> 
the, the Black Rider vanishes, though, mysterious, after staring at Rand and making him really scared. Yeah. I like to think he did, like, the two eyes, except he doesn't have any straight at Rand to freak him out. Yeah. I'm looking at you, bud. I, yeah. I like that he did the two eyes, but he didn't know exactly where to point, because it, <laughs> it sort of missed a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like his forehead. Kind of yeah. the side of his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so even, even at this point, Tam has been training Rand in the Flame in the Void, which is, you know, again, interesting thinking how critical that becomes to Rand's story. Right, because that, that's key to channeling, right? So this is all the pattern weaving at a grand scale for not only for Rand, like the Aeol War, to cause Rand's mother, who happens to have the bloodline of the Andorran nobility, to come to Dragonmount and give birth there on Dragonmount, but also somebody who finds him that can come go raise him away from the world where no one can find him and also teach him the skill that he happens to need to, to in order to channel. Yeah, and, and this is one of the more, uh, probably one of the most backwoods places in the world, right? Like, yeah. you think about the way that the place is structured. And we, we, we're going to hear in the next few chapters about the uh, the fall of Manetheran and all that, and how this, yeah. is, this has become a backwater after it used to be a great nation. But all that stuff happened in order to create this little place where the dragon reborn could grow to near maturity. Yeah, it's pretty kind of kind of wild when you think about you know, the pattern weaving stuff. Yeah. You know? So they press on to Emmons Field. Uh, winter's gone on way too long. Uh, times are really hard. Uh, the crops aren't ready to to be planted yet. And I, I forgot about this. Everyone is trying to marry Tam. Yeah. Uh-huh. The most eligible bachelor in Emmons Field. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not too old to get a new wife. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, you know, just got to find the right woman for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got his own farm. Yeah. And then they pause and ask how old Rand is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Marry that boy off. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, they almost get caught in a conversation with uh, Wit Conger. Ugh. Yeah. Conger's oh, gross. Um, and, and everyone has strong feelings about their new wisdom, Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's going yeah. around beating senior citizens? Uh-huh. Yeah, she has a, a, a stick that she uses to beat random people. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, they, they, they don't say anything bad to Nynaeve because she'll hit you with a stick. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because they spend a lot of time talking about how scrawny a bunch of different Emmons fielders are, except for Bran Olvier. Uh-huh. <laughs> they right. say he's, like, twice as wide as the next biggest man in the town or something. Uh-huh. It must be. Whatever he's eating must be keeping him full. <laughs> yep. It's, it's been a long, cold winter. Yeah. <laughs> but his... His larder is still full. Yeah. And Daisy Conger shows up. And isn't there an alternate reality where she becomes the wisdom and she's like a huge dick? No, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was about to say she seems like a terrible wisdom, but actually she might be a step up from Nynaeve. I, I mean, like, they're both kind of like, like, what is the criteria for wisdom in, in Emmons Field? Being like, a bully, Being I guess, a bully, right? yeah. yeah. And also secretly having magic powers that let you heal people. Right, right. Uh, so I he, guess it's just kind of step down in that sense. Yeah. Uh, preparations for Beltine are going strong, and yeah. this this scene reminded me of the early prose of Jordan. Like like as it gets as he goes through the series, it it kind of tapers off, but uh, it's like dense with history and like culture stuff, which I really I really enjoy. Yeah, you know? what a place this yeah. is! You really yeah. feel like you you've been to Emmons Field because all, all this this detail it feels so lived in. Yeah. Yeah. Then Tam meets up with Bran and Sin, the village counselors, and Rand meets up with Matt. Yeah, uh, Matt saw the mirror draw too. Uh, yeah. He thinks it might be the dark one or maybe the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, ironic considering Rand is right there. Yeah, yeah. I think Matt probably gets the most changed character Very award. Very quickly, yeah. I would say so, yeah. Uh, absolutely. 
But this is... But but remember, Matt's personality gets deleted. Yeah, exactly. But th- these scenes are the only scenes where we really see what Matt was like before. Yeah. Like, that's true, because it's shortly after. That, yeah, he picks up that dagger and starts becoming more death uh, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Matt wants to tell people about what they saw immediately, uh, and Rand is like... Nobody's oh, gonna believe you. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like, I, I was gonna, but now that you're on my side, maybe we need more evidence? Yeah. Uh, might actually make things worse. It is very fun going back and reading this, too, because, like, they they reference how... Matt re- talks about how his mom used to say uh, Ishmael or Agnor would come after him when he was oh, bad. Yeah. So that was really fun. Right, yeah. And I guess uh, Ishmael and Agnor do come after him at the end of this book, right? Yeah. Agnor does, at least. Yeah, because yeah. uh, he was pretty bad at that point so i mean no so. he was bad yes <laughs> nice work matt's mom but there's other news there's a gleeman in town yeah hey. everybody loves a gleeman fireworks and a gleeman this is gonna be a wild bell team yeah this Heck is yeah. unforgettable <laughs> surely and uh, then matt gets dragooned into helping rand unload the casks by tam chapter two strangers icon of the ravens oh we have a classic matt prank <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, covers a couple of dogs in flour to scare some kids, but the dogs run home and then cover uh, Master Luhan's house in flour. Yeah. Yeah. Bad yeah, prank. You're Matt. such a shit. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> right? It's not even, I mean, that's not that clever. No, it's really not. Like, Matt is not that clever at this point, you know? Yeah. His other, his other prank was catch a badger and set it loose on the town. <laughs> <laughs> so while Rand and Matt bring in the rest of the barrels of cider, uh, Matt catches Rand up on the news. There are strangers in town in addition to the Gleeman. Uh, a high-born lady and her super badass serving man. Yeah, just, you know, everyone notices how badass he is. He's like, I don't really know how to describe him, but his sword seems like a part of him, like, a, like your hand or your leg, right? <laughs> and he's got an amazing cloak that shifts colors. But they notice they are being watched by a raven. A creepy raven staring at them from a roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They throw a rock at it and it just dodges and just keeps staring at them. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, so, okay, we later learn that the Forsaken use ravens directly, right? Yeah. That's one of their tricks. So do you think this is Ishmael? I guess it's got to be, right? Ishmael as Baalzaman? Yeah, that's interesting. Just mm-hmm. staring him down from a raven? Just watching, yeah. I don't know, can the Murdral do that? Uh, not that I, I don't think the Murdral have that kind of magic, right? They're just, yeah, just yeah. creepy warriors. And I want to point out, they think this. it had been a good five years since the last time a real stranger appeared in Emmonsfield. How <laughs> yeah. far, like, talk about backwater. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes when strangers show up, they, nobody sees them before they disappear. Right, they, they stop in late at night at, at the, at the <laughs> Brandywine. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> and they yeah. check in and uh, they don't check they don't out. check out, yeah. They, you know, their name doesn't make it into the ledger. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Emmonsfield's prosperous and nobody asks too many questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why, um, why does this inn have so many rooms? They literally haven't had strangers in five years. That's it's a great true. question, yeah. 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 Uh, Mr. Salvier is such a wonderful cook, everybody says. Oh, <laughs> delicious. I don't know where she gets all that meat, but it works out. <laughs> but then Moraine shows up on the scene, everybody's favorite. And yeah. immediately pisses off Nynaeve, which Nynaeve decides to hold a grudge about for literally hundreds of pages. Forever, until long after Moraine is dead. <laughs> That's a, great, that's a great point. After Moraine is dead, so occasionally Nynaeve will think, oh, I hated that woman. <laughs> but it all started with Moraine calling her child. Because she's a kid. Like, she's very young. She, yeah, you know? she does look young. Come on. And then apologize. Like, you know, it's like apologize. But no, no, Nynaeve won't let that go. Yeah. 
but she makes a really Mari makes a really good first impression on the kids. You know, gives yeah. them money. Um, they have no idea what to make of her, and they are like crushing hard, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's the most beautiful one I've ever seen. Yep. And then she gives them the coins that she uses to track them. Yeah, yeah, the, the tracking coins, yeah. including that other guy, Ewan, who is there. And I, re- I was really entertained by this guy yeah. in this scene because he's, she's, you know, Moray's given them all the portentous, like, I would love to ask you questions about where you come from, what your lives are like. And Ewan, like, pops into the frame, like, I'll, I'll answer your questions. <laughs> you want to come over to my parents' house and have apple cakes? <laughs> and she's like, maybe later. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 sure, kid, sure. Right. Actually, I, I was wondering, so... Uh, I don't think she actually gave him the same coin as no, the other guy. No, she totally guys. didn't. Yeah, no. She gives him like a she silver him, penny. She gives him like a normal silver penny. And it's like, oh boy, silver penny. And, and they gave, she gave them like an awesome magical tarva lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, like, they look at the coin and look at each other and they look at him and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. She, they, they decide not to spend the coins and Ewan's like, oh, I'm going to get some sweet stuff with my silver penny. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to keep ours. He's like... Oh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I guess I'll keep, keep mine too. too. Well, we find out <laughs> that, like, that. They, they get it too. They're like, no, no, you and you could, you, you, you could, you could, you could spend probably it. spend it. It's like, doesn't matter. It's like, no. It says it'd be worth enough to be able to buy a really nice horse and have some money left over. That's bonkers. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. for you know, backwoods, you know, Emmons Fielder. Yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, as Moraine's walking away, Land badasses after her, badasser <laughs> than anyone has ever badass before. Yeah. <laughs> He's just just badassing against the wall. They didn't even notice him badassing there. <laughs> His face is carved from biceps made from stone, made of smaller biceps. You know, <laughs> I assume. But Rand does question her a little bit uh, about you know why she's here, which is I thought this was interesting. This is like an early an early foreshadowing of their relationship, where Moraine tries to sort of snow him a lot, and he's super stubborn. And, yeah. and won't do anything she wants him to do. Does not change uh, that. Ever, right? Yeah. And she Isidai lies them, sort of. Right? Oh, that's right, yeah. He's like, why are you here? And she's like, you know, I love collecting stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, doesn't answer the question. Then she swans off with Lan. And then there's a peddler. A peddler has come to town. Yeah. Hmm. Totally normal, happy, yeah. friendly peddler. Yeah. yeah. Chapter three, the peddler, icon of the dragon's fang. Yeah. Which in retrospect is a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> right? The peddler, the mark of the dragon, right over, right over his head. Yeah. Uh, Patton Fane, peddler, newsmonger, dark friend, and betrayer of Immensfield. <laughs> yeah. And we meet Perrin. Yeah, Perrin finally shows up. He saw the Dark Rider, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. But the, the peddler has got a lot of attention. He's got, he brings in the news from the outside world. There's war in Gaelden. The uh, man has declared himself the dragon, and this one can channel. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting. Like, think, thinking of what Patton Fane becomes by the end, right? Like... He's this here. He's just like this kind of theatrical. Like he's kind of a he's kind of a, a scumbag a little bit. But yeah, he's like he's otherwise kind of normal, right? He was kind of holding his outside knowledge over these people, so yeah. making himself feel better than them. Sure. You, you know, it's kind of interesting the way he Robert Jordan almost never describes people's colors. Oh yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like he because ta- it's a really big deal that Rand has this red hair, but he talks about like everybody else in Emmonsfield being dark. Yeah. Yeah, and just says like brown eyes, but doesn't say like. Anything else? He doesn't talk about their skin color, and I was worrying about Pat and Fane too, because all he says about him is that he's gangly and he's got a big nose. Ah, uh, yeah. But they didn't say anything else about like his coloring or anything. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the guy in the show, and 
warning, I'm going to say something nice about the show. The guy in the show was great. He was fantastic. I think they, yeah, I think they did a solid job casting Pat and Payne. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the they do a great job with that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, also, that was super cool in the TV show how he was randomly in some back. Oh yeah, yeah. You see, you can, yeah, you catch him in a little. That was really neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Even in like Barillon or wherever they meet, he's like hiding in a doorway stuff. You know, yeah, super cool. Um, but the villagers have uh, appropriately uninformed opinions about everything that Patton Faint says. They kind of lose their stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, Sen Bui uh, is calling the weird weather signs that the dragon is real and they're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And he tacks on some anti Aes Sedai <laughs> sentiment for good measure. Real reassuring, Sen. Yeah. Uh, so th- this dragon in Gaelden, that's got to be Loghain, right? Yes, yeah. I believe so, yeah. And they heard some Aes Sedai are on their way to go capture him. And uh, some of them are like, ah, Aes Sedai, just as bad as the dragon. Because the Aes Sedai broke the world, which, I mean, kind of... Not, not the Aes Sedai as they know them today, right? Yeah, not that, that yeah. I mean, the Aes Sedai today couldn't break the world if they wanted to. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, the, they, the, the village council buttonholes Pat and Fane to, to ask him questions, and then Ran, Matt, and Perrin catch up. Uh, I like Perrin. I just like Perrin, you know? Yeah, well, his, his responses are very, like, uh, very... I would, I would say he's very concentrated on, like, protecting people, right? He's like, yeah. when they talk about the news, he's like, well, as long as they don't come here, you know, you yeah. know. And he's very, he's very steady, right? He's very, he's, oh, I'm not stupid, I'm just slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I like that. how, you know, when he picks his way through the crowd, he's very cautious and he makes sure not to hurt anybody, even though he's bigger than most everybody. I think at this stage in the story, he's the best of them, right? Like, you know, the, the character, obviously by the end, that's pretty great. And, mm-hmm. you know, Perrin... Has his ups and downs, but I think at this point he's probably the the character I enjoy the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sen Bui is responsible though for the Trollocs coming to Evans Field because they're like, "Stop saying all that stuff. You're going to bring bad luck to us." Oh, that's you right. What happens? Totally Sen Bui. Yep. Yep. Sen Bui's fault. Yep. 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 And <laughs> and they talk shit about the Terran Fairy people. So thank God they all died. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's that's Terran Fairy talk. Or, <laughs> like, who I, knows what a Terran Fairy man thinks. I won't hide my head under a basket till a Terran Fairy man comes to cut my throat. Like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I, I, if I recall correctly, in these books, the Terran Fairy people don't do anything bad to anybody. No. And they all die. Yeah, they get <laughs> massacred for no reason. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, there was that one guy, remember? The one ferryman they meet in Terran Ferry, yeah. who's kind of a jerk, right? Well, because they got him up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then they destroy his life. <laughs> they yeah, destroy yeah, his ferry. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> but I guess that's just them being small town hicks, right? Is that also when they, when Moraine, like, makes it that the ferryman's family is on the opposite side of the river and, like, the Trollocs are coming to eat them or something? I think that was only in the show. Was it? I think in, in okay. the, the Drollers did not attack Terran Ferry in the books. How did everybody die in Terran Ferry then? That, oh, was, that, later. that was later, later oh, when later. the during okay. the, the war Perrin war when the oh, other okay. when the other Drollers come to yeah. Emmonsfield. Fair enough. Yeah, mm. but the they they talk about the dragons and the myths and stuff for a bit, and I noticed that Rand has a lot of thoughts about adventure. You know, he's always thinking about how nobody from here ever leaves. Yeah, he, 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 throughout this, this set, he has this thing where he's like, you know, it's okay to think about it or, or even have some dreams about it, but no one should leave, you know? Edmund's yeah. shouldn't leave, you know? Right, yeah. All this stuff, this, this is all stuff that happens elsewhere. Also, uh, interestingly, Matt has the closest to the accurate take of 
like what's actually going on about like oh well I, I think I heard that the dragon's actually coming to save the world in the humanity's time of need and they're That's like true. shut the fuck up man <laughs> <laughs> and then Nynaeve and Egwene make their appearance yeah uh, Nynaeve has her stick that she uses to inflict yeah. arbitrary violence and her piss her off yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Egwene oh man I was this is going to be painful for me. You all know how much I enjoy Egwene in the later books. Mm-hmm. And I also remember how obnoxious she is in these early books. <laughs> like, this is going to be rough. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, they have a really awkward exchange, Rand and Egwene. Um, even now, Egwene has ambitions to leave the village. Uh, I mean, she's not looking much past Terran Ferry, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, she, she was going to go to another village nearby and be the wisdom. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Rand's like, oh, don't leave. I just don't want you to. I can't say why. <laughs> right, yeah. Even though they're, they're apparently just making googly eyes at each other all the time. Yeah. And everybody's openly laughing at them about it's it. It's really obvious to everyone else what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they have a talk and they have a, a funny comic misunderstanding. Uh where Egwene's like, where Egwene says something like, uh, I, I don't want to leave Emmons Field. I'm not crazy. And she's like, oh, I'm crazy now, am I? Huh. And she's mad at him. Yeah. yeah. All right. This, this, there's going to be a lot of this. Yeah. <sighs> and then uh, in the middle of this, the Gleeman arrives. Chapter yeah. four, the Gleeman. I kind of dilute. Tom Marilyn appears and just is generally awesome. I didn't realize how old he was, though. Mm-hmm. I forgot that later, but he's literally stooped over. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's stooped yeah. over. Well, he's got white mustaches. He's though. also very spry. I guess, but... But yeah, he has totally he white hair. The way they describe him, yeah, he's way older than I thought. Mm-hmm. Especially to be fucking a, like, 18-year-old later on. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, but he's, like, awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's... You can see how he gets it. Yeah, like, he, he he's, you know, he's... Been concert to the Queen of Andor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he's like a court bard. He, I mean, we know where where he ends up, right? And yeah. yeah, he's like he's clearly like a sexy gilf, right? And he's got blue eyes, which is amazing. <laughs> right, yeah, that impresses Everybody. Rand. Yeah, because I think Rand's never seen anybody with blue eyes. Or I don't think like so. That. Yeah, uh, but this gilf is unhappy with the uh, treatment he's he's receiving right now. You know, like mm-hmm. when he got there at night, apparently it was pretty late, and Bran uh, was not happy about it. And uh, the council boots him out because they're trying to have their little council talk. Yep, and he, he feels unappreciated. Mm-hmm. But then he sees that a crowd has arrived to look at him, and he puts on a little preview show. Does some juggling, does some storytelling. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the fun... I know we talked about this the first time around, but I, I, I still really enjoy it. It's uh, when he's talking about all the stories he's going to tell. These are... It's full of little, like, Easter eggs. Yeah, like the, yeah you know, really fun. Yeah, yeah, the mosque and his lance and the... What is it? Um... Sally Ride or yeah, yeah, John Glenn on, on yeah. the wise counselor and all this stuff. Yeah, some fun stuff. It's really neat stuff. And one of my favorite quotes: "In wars, boy, fools kill fools for foolish causes." That's yeah. right, because he does. Awesome. He's not interested in the war that's going on. He just he's not about that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that that quote right there is the difference between Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. Oh I yeah, know, Brandon Sanderson would never have written that. I think. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Nor would uh, Tolkien. Yeah. yeah, we we mentioned that that uh, Robert Jordan's experiences probably altered the way that he talks about battle and, and war. Yeah, and as he as Tom is entertaining, he clocks Moraine immediately and mm-hmm. turns off the show. Yeah, stops mid mid uh, mid sentence. 
Uh, we know he has very particular feelings about Aes Sedai, uh, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense considering what we learned about his history. Yep. And, and they have a, an interesting little diplomatic moment, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I don't tell stories that offend people. And she's like, well, some stories do offend me. And he's like, you won't be offended. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we need to go back and talk about a little bit of this, though. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, too, going back and when he's just kind of like listing all these different stories, he's going to tell how many of them ended up being relevant. Like almost all of them. They talk about Arthur Pendrag, mm-hmm. uh, Arthur Hawkwing, who went across the sea, the green man who we meet, Wurz and Trollocs, Ogier and Aiel. Um, how Susa tamed Jane Farstrider. Oh, we met right. Jane, Jane Farstrider. Oh, yeah. So I wonder who Susa was. Yeah. Good yeah. question. Might be the a woman who he fell in love with or something. Maybe. And then the other interesting one was Mara and the Three Foolish Kings. Is that supposed to be Mary? Like the Virgin Mary and the oh, Three Kings? Oh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah I didn't cut that last time. Yeah, me either. Yeah, it could be, right? Yeah. yeah. Just a remix of all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, and I like how he talks about how some of the stories are super old, like older than the Age of Legends. So it's sort of like, you know, Tom Marilyn is the Robert Jordan of these books, right? He's yeah. telling the, the Wheel of Time, the cycle of stories that goes on forever and ever. Yeah. And then everybody breaks up because the show is over. The village council comes out and has determined that they uh, probably won't be affected by the war in Gildan, but they're going to send out uh, a patrol to look around. Uh, and Rand and Matt... Uh, and probably Perrin want to sign up for the patrol uh, tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. They'll have plenty of time to do all this stuff tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they asked Tam for kind of like news about what's going on, and he's he's kind of evasive about it. He mentions that there's some battles, and Matt, Matt's like, I'm very interested in hearing about the battles. So I was like, <laughs> ha, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rand and Tam and Bella head back to the farm, and then Tam clues Rand in a little bit on how the, the village council's been managing the town. Yeah. What do you think about that? I thought it was kind of interesting. It's interesting. I think, I don't know, there's kind of an idea here that if they, had, if they had questioned the peddler about the news in public, then everybody would have panicked. Instead, they had to withhold the information, right? Hmm. And present this appearance like they knew what was going on, even though they, they didn't really decide anything. They just decided, eh, probably, probably, probably don't need to do anything. Yeah. So the sort of this idea that crowds can't be trusted. I, I think there's something to that, like mo- like a mob mentality kind of thing. People feed off each other, so they needed to, to present like a, a repackaged approach or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, he mentions that uh, they did discuss the Black Rider already. Yeah, because that actually feeds right into that, is that the, the village council totally believes him about the, the Black Rider. A bunch of other boys have seen it, mm-hmm. and they're sending out the word to everybody to look out for whoever the Black Rider is, you know, in case it's a, a thief or a, a sheep stealer or whatever. Where yeah. did it show itself to you, boys, the boys who might be the dragon? Uh, it doesn't know. It's looking for... It's just looking okay. at boys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think one... Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're evil, right? Yeah, it's the dark one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like Maureen is doing that too, I think. She's she's finding out, find, looking at all the boys, talking to all, all of them, and finding the ones that are the right age. Yeah, she knows she knows she's in the right place. I, I don't. Do we ever learn exactly how she found her way here? I know they don't. They, we don't see that in New Spring. No, but. I don't think so. I, I assume that there's just word got around of somebody who found a baby on the battlefield or or had a baby and went back to Andor. Yeah. So she's just looking for that. Yeah. And she shows up in this village and finds the one guy who's like a head taller than everybody else. <laughs> Who the could it one be? with red hair and gray eyes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 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 <laughs> uh, I better check his birthday. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Tam was even on the, that list that they compiled, right? That's a great point. Maybe, I, maybe I don't he got know, the money. Yeah. Maybe that's how he bought his farm. Oh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, it's, there's a little note here where Rand mentions that he's not worried about it because now that uh, Emmons Field is on it, there's nothing that the Emmons Fielders can't handle when they work together, which is kind of like, yikes. <laughs> let's, let's put a pin in that, revisit that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I, yeah, I, so I kind of thought... I would be annoyed if I was Rand because they were plan. They were him and his buddies were planning about what to do with about the Black Rider because no one believed them. Right. Yeah. Because the village council told them or allowed as how they didn't believe them. They didn't tell them that they were on top of it. Yeah. Right. That's sort of like, come on, like they, they the village council is doing a bad job if they're they're hold, with hiding this information. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think it's all about like managing, like when when they talk about it when they've already got a, a solution or a plan, right? And I guess I just I don't believe in. The government lying to us for our own good. I, I don't think <laughs> that's probably it's fair. Yeah. Think it's ever for our own good. That's that's a fair point. Uh, okay. Anything else? No. This was fun. I'm, I'm super digging this. Yeah. I I, uh, I I didn't expect how much I was going to enjoy kind of revisiting this, and and it's been long enough that this is still something that I'm. It's not. It's not entirely fresh in my mind. So I'm I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to have the anticipation. Some mm. of the stuff we know is going to happen. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about chapters 5 through 9 of The Eye of the World. I am Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Alice Sullivan. You can find me at Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. And we're going to be at JordanCon this coming April. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, we'll be wearing, I assume, our Dragon Reread t-shirts and wandering around. So come say hi. Yeah, definitely. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The light illumine you. you.